Hi everyone, Valentine's Day is coming up. So before we get into tonight's episode, we wanted to extend a warm welcome to some new Patreon supporters and give a big sloppy but appropriate Valentine hug to our longtime Patreon supporters. So shout out to Justin, Harry, and Sarah, as well as Mary Beth, Vicki, Dolores, Lisa, Amanda, Molly, Laura, BJ, Judy, Kim, Linda, Jana, Jane, Michael, Mickey, Wendy. <laughs> These are the folks who keep <laughs> the lights on for us. And now on with the show. Listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with me is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everyone, and an early happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. As you might know, Valentine's Day has a much less known stepsister called Sweetest Day, which falls the third Saturday in October. Steve, what is your concept of Sweetest Day? You know what? Our loved ones deserve another... Another day. They do, yeah, don't they? Absolutely. Have you ever done something special for someone on Sweetest Day? Yeah, I've given flowers to my wife and taken her out for dinner. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're wrong. I am. Yeah, that is not the intent of Sweetest Day at all. Is it a money grab from card makers? <laughs> oh, well, well. Okay, see? we the, Here's mystery number one. What is the point of Sweetest Day? I'm going to get to that, but just to let you know... It's not to recognize someone you're sweet on. If you're giving a box of chocolates to your spouse, that's Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. There's a proper way to do Sweetest Day, huh? Yeah. Well, there was. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The other thing about Sweetest Day, nobody has heard of it outside the Great Lakes region. I know you think it's it's a big national holiday. Most Ohioans know about it, even if they've forgotten how to practice it. But it was invented in Cleveland. And the further you get away from Cleveland, the more you'll begin to run into people who think you're just making it up. The day has only caught on in parts of perhaps three or four states. So we're also going to explore mystery number two, as you said, the day's origin. The first event is well documented. We know when it happened, but the motivation behind it Was it a warm and fuzzy act of charity or a cold and calculated attempt by an industry to make money? That's been debated for decades. Oh, so my money grab statement was a little... Well, (laughs) let's see what you think when I'm done with the story. So let's dissect this unusual holiday. One thing confusing the origins of Sweetest Day and its intent is that the very first attempt to have one 
was indeed what many people accuse it of being, a pure business promotion. It was May of 1916, and the National Confectioners Association met in Detroit, Michigan, and approved of declaring something called Candy Day. One problem. The year was 1916, and the country was still fighting World War I. Herbert Hoover, who would go on to be our president, but at this time was head of the Food and Drug Administration, firmly reminded the association that there was a sugar shortage. Candy Day would be most unpatriotic, and so the idea melted away. The concept got another chance in 1921, but this time it had a purpose beyond asking people to buy candy. It was October 10, 1921. A committee of a dozen confectioners headed by candy maker C.C. Hartzell decided to distribute some 20,000 boxes of candy to newsboys, homeless people, orphans, and others who had fallen on hard times in Cleveland. They called their effort the sweetest day in the year, which of course has been shortened to sweetest day. And as you can see now, the point was to do a random act of kindness toward a stranger, someone who is underappreciated, underprivileged, or forgotten. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. The confectioners were even assisted in this first event by a couple of famous silent movie stars. You're not going to recognize their names, but they were really well known in their day. Anne Pennington, who in a couple of years is going to become even more famous for playing a nude role in a silent film. She gave the candy out to some 2,200 Cleveland newspaper boys. And Theda Berra, she was star of the era's big Cleopatra film. She helped pass out the sweets at theaters and to patients at local hospitals. Now, I'm not sure why theater goers were considered to be among the forgotten, but I'm not one to gripe. It was a thoughtful idea. Over the years, sources that repeated this origin story started tacking on a warm and fuzzy angle. The name of Herbert Birch Kingston rose to the top, reportedly a candy company employee who was known to have passed out treats to the poor every October. Kingston's identity was sometimes changed in the retelling. Some put him at the head of a candy company. And I found an online story by Northeast Ohio journalist Mitch Allen, who said that despite a U.S. census in which Kingston identified himself as a confectioner, he was actually an advertising company president when the first Sweetest Day was conducted. I have to share this funny little anecdote Mitch shared in his online story. He said he came up from Georgia and was new in town when someone asked what he was getting his wife for Sweetest Day, which to his virgin ears sounded like Swedish Day. So he responded, (laughs) he wasn't getting her anything. They weren't Swedish. (laughs) So... Perhaps Kingston was an advertising company president, which makes the end goal of Sweetest Day a little suspect, but it's pretty clear that in practice, it was supposed to be altruistic and benefit people in need of cheering up. Over the years, there were attempts to spread the idea of a Sweetest Day to other areas of the country. It just didn't catch on. New York, for instance, they tried back in the 20s. They gave it another shot in the 40s. They passed out candy to children in shelters and clients of local charities, but they gave up on it and just didn't repeat it again. Now, there's a 
somewhat derogatory phrase for some of these lesser-known holidays. Cynics call them Hallmark holidays, and I think that's what you were kind of referring to at the beginning of the podcast, meaning that they were created to help sales of greeting card companies in slow seasons. But here's the thing. The American Greeting Card Company, which is headquartered in Cleveland and ground zero for Sweetest Day, they didn't even begin selling Sweetest Day cards until a decade after it had been running. And Hallmark didn't even jump on board until the 1960s. Oh, so that's definitely a myth. So that is a myth. There's also that other mystery to the story I just can't solve. As I alluded to at the start, you can see the evolution of the holiday has changed. In practice, it's become a second Valentine's Day, celebrating romantic love or appreciation for people you already know and care for, your, your friends, your mother. I couldn't find any reason for that evolution. And frankly, it's a shame. The world could use more days focused on spreading kindness and goodwill towards strangers, even if only through a sweet treat and a smile. So this sweetest day, uh, you know, give to somebody who's in need. You know, you have until October 17 to make your plans. So maybe we can start uh, something and change it back to the way it was supposed to be. That would be nice. Well, that's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week, and may all of your mysteries have happy endings. Hello, my name is Peter Zablocki, and I'm a historian, author, and college professor. I'm thrilled to invite you to check out Evergreen Network's History Shorts podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, join me on a journey through time, exploring the little-known and hidden gems of history. In each bite-sized episode, I'll dive into my original research to bring you intriguing historical curiosities you've probably never heard of, uncovering the fascinating stories that have shaped our world from forgotten figures to overlooked events. And the best part? I've condensed all this historical goodness into manageable chunks, perfect for your on-the-go lifestyle. Whether you're commuting to work or squeezing in a quick break, History Shorts fits into the little time you probably think you don't have. Subscribe now and never miss an episode of the History Shorts podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts.